This is the Acting Up Podcast with your host, Allie Goodman. Backstage pass to the life of a working actor and mom raising a kid with special needs. Let's talk about representation. Representation in all walks of life as far as special needs go and sort of the the way that we are representing, whether it's kids or people in general, and what I have seen as good and maybe things that I think could be improved. Again, This is all my opinion, but I still think, and I'm coming from, I I also want to point out that I'm coming from the realm of a mom, mom of a kid with special needs, possibly the wife of a person who, and this will probably come up later, uh, is someone who's probably a jump ball on the spectrum, and I'll explain what that means in a while. Uh, And so I, I have it around me a lot. And in that, I feel like we're getting so much better at representing people with special needs in a better and more respectful and honest way, for the most part. I still think we have room to grow, but that's true of anything and true of any representation that goes down. I see this all the time. This comes up a lot in my circle of friends because being in theater being in the business of show, films, you know, even TV webisodes, web series, anything where scripts are being written and art is part of the culture of change, whether it be on Netflix or whether it be on the stage or whether it be in, you know, in a film or something that you're seeing, when we share representation, when we represent those folks who are not often represented immediately it it really does open the door for more and more and more and that's what we need I mean back in the day when just doing a show like back when we had a show that was all about like the l word or uh when when we you know it was always so controversial that we you know showed a gay relationship or you know, anything in that realm. And yet now it feels very common. And now, sure, I, I will say that in our world with the Supreme Court and the change in marriage equality and all of that, I'm sure that that has a lot to do with it. But honestly, I feel like the sea of change was happening even before that we're not shocked by this anymore. Uh, and this comes up generally. Uh, and again, maybe I'm a little bit more disposed to it because my French friends and friend circle it's a very queer this business is very queer centric and not that that means one thing or another but it's there's a lot more acceptance and openness and willingness and I think that that's true of all all things there's something really exciting about how art really does sort of pave the way for the change in the world and we forget that sometimes that that those of us who are in this business kind of are at the forefront of seeing the changes happen. I talk about this because I think it it is useful on a lot of levels. The idea that gender 
non-conforming to you know genders as being you know male and female or you know boy and girl or one or the other that gender is construct and that there's way more opportunity for non-binary gender gender fluidity gender options out there that people maybe always felt differently but didn't know how to express that because we lived in such a binary world you're born with a vagina you are female you're born with a penis you are a man and we've learned through science through so many things that that's just not the case and be it as it may what you believe or what you don't believe I do see so much more acceptance and openness in my community even as people are starting to learn and you know we're on the precipice of this we're on the change we're on the change train if you will and yet we're all still learning Uh, I recently had a conversation with my mom where I was trying to explain to her gender pronouns and the that uh, you know I know somebody who I know many people but this particular person I was discussing with her uses they and them as their gender pronouns as their pronouns for themselves and so when addressing them it's not she it's not he it's they and them and that was a little confusing for a while because when you're not used to that and when you've grown up in such a specifically uh, you know binary world it's very hard to make those changes I mean give her a lot of credit because she actually did try and she is trying to see the other side of it whether she agrees with it or doesn't she was respectful and working at trying to do it so shout out to you mom for really trying to get it and I appreciated that and I know that down the line this isn't even going to be a question because it's going to be something that we all just accept it's it's part of the world sure we're still fighting a big fight with even homosexuality and pansexuality and bisexuality and all of that sure we are still fighting a big fight on that I'm not certainly not saying that that is over but it is wild widely more accepted than it ever was in the past and has even the backing of yeah you can walk into any any place and get married no matter what so I love that And I do believe that we are coming around. And again, I think that art really does pave the way for that. And we live in a world where, I don't know, it's just not, it's not, it's not ever seen as a noble career or a noble way to run your life. It's this like hobby choice that you choose and oh, well, it's your choice. And that brings me back to you know, when people are talking about how it's very hard, you know, it's incredibly hard to make a living and we often have two, three, four jobs just to kind of make ends meet. And there's always that like, well, you chose this. And it's like, you know what? No, I, you know what? I chose to be happy. I chose to live a life doing the creative thing that I need to do in order to be happy. Because if I don't, then I'm very unhappy. And then I'm miserable and then I'm making other people miserable and then you know there's all these other bad things that come up from that I think a lot of our world is so stuck in this idea that that we live in a meritocracy and we don't the world is not a merit our country is not a meritocracy we want it to be we say that it is but it really isn't 
we it really isn't let's be really honest here I'll, I'll give you a story of that so if this was truly a meritocracy and this is a very small small thing but it's it's a personal example I was interning at a casting office and while I was there an audition came in for me now this wasn't through the casting office it happened to be at that casting office okay but it wasn't through them if you it, what I mean is it came through my agent so in other words this came through they I was submitted I was chosen as one of the people to come in for this audition great wonderful happened to be I happened to be at work that day so it worked out perfectly I went and changed my clothes I went and I did my audition I felt really good about it and I left and that was the end of it then I got a call back well whoopee do this is very exciting so I go in for my call back there were only two of us at the call back so let's say in this casting world for television it's often there's maybe I'd, I'd say usually it's about five people sometimes it's a little bit more it depends on what they're looking for and how specific they are but this was I mean I'm kind of I'm you know a white woman with dark hair I'm pretty much a diamond dozen they didn't it was it was definitely a good thing I was called in and it was I was very lucky to be one of those people that they chose but at the same time they didn't you know they, they have plenty of us so it's not like some very specific can speak Russian Polish and is six foot with blonde hair you know what I mean like that that's not it wasn't that specific you know so uh, I, I I when I went in for the callback it was me and another woman who we either one of us I'm sure could have booked this role and I went in did my callback felt really good about it left the room all was good I come back to work and haven't heard anything haven't heard anything haven't heard anything and you're basically if you're in that callback you're essentially you know on check avail until they release you and I believe I think I got check avail I can't remember exactly how it went down but I believe that's how it went down and then you get released if you don't book it or you book it so I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and I don't hear anything and I'm not saying anything I mean I'm at work I'm not asking any questions but I know that they're I can see that they're casting the rest of the the show they're casting the rest of the co-stars on this show so I know that they things have come through so I'm just sort of surprised I haven't heard from my agent to say you're released or you booked it so I'm thinking my role's not that big like why is this taking so long I couldn't figure it out and it just so happened that somebody pulled me aside and told me that the the producers loved me and that I had the role and I thought great okay great and then she said but here's the problem they want to they wanted to book you but one of the executive producers family members needed a role and so they cast her instead so nepotism beat out the what you would say is the opportunity to get the job booking the job literally booking the room which is what we always talk about and then not getting that because of nepotism because somebody needed to give somebody else a, a chance because they are the family member of, a, of somebody on in, in in a higher up position that bummed me out but it is the way of this world so no we do not work on a meritocracy so I tell you the story because I feel like we, 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 we try to believe that this all comes from some sense of 
of the hard work is going to get you everywhere and that's really not the case and in Jackson's case that's a real clear because I think nobody works harder than him as far as the people in my in my purview in my vicinity in my vicinity and the people around me if you really were to look at how much he has grown and how much he has done Jackson has worked harder than anybody I know he will sit there and he will get wait until he gets it right and he wants to get it right and I don't know a lot of people that have that same work ethic and yet because he doesn't make these huge leaps and he doesn't seem to fit some construct of what it looks like in the world he doesn't seem to be making this huge progress and yet I see where he was a year ago and where he is now the words that he's using the way that he's looking at the world and how he's phrasing things and you have to be within this world to see it and when I say within the world, like within the world of therapists, within the world of special needs, within the world of seeing all of that to see how hard he's worked. But yet Jackson's not going to surpass somebody else who innately has a brain that works within the constructs of the way that we've set up our world because the world is set up for people not with special needs. So going back to the art and representation thing, the more recently we've been seeing a lot more of in in special needs world more people being represented as far as having autism or having special needs and and them being put out into the world and I'm just going to rattle off a bunch that I noticed and then we can talk a little bit about what those were how how effective those were okay so Here's a couple of, of examples uh, of, of things that have, have come along. And this is in no particular order. They're just as I'm thinking them and they're going to come out of my mouth. So on, in, in the world of Down syndrome, uh, I remember seeing an episode of Law & Order SVU. They actually cast a, a, a girl with Down syndrome and it was, it was a really meaty role. She had to have been put in a position where she was – being sexually abused and she ends up getting pregnant and it was from the place that she, of her business where she was working she was working at a grocery store and it was like a very intense thing and then the and you know obviously they took the guy to court and the whole idea was that they needed to they needed to win in order for him to pay because she was going to keep the baby and the mother her mother was you know in her late 40s and basically was not prepared to have another child to have to take care of she'd been taking care of her daughter for so long you know so it was one of those situations so or maybe she was I'm sorry maybe she was 40 when she had her so then she was like yeah she was closer to like her 60s I'm sorry so it was one of those situations where it was like well now she has granddaughter and she's gonna have to basically raise her help raise her as though she were her own and they needed the money and all that stuff I remember that and I thought that's such a great example of hiring an actor who could play the role she was obviously and I don't like to use this term, but in, in the world of Down syndrome, just like in the world of autism, there's a spectrum. And in the spectrum, uh, she was clearly higher functioning and able to, you know, learn lines and be in, on set and do all the things that needed to be done. So she worked and it was great. And I thought that was a phenomenal use of that it's personal opinion. I thought she did a great job. Okay. Uh, in the Down syndrome world as well was... Uh, Corky from Life Goes On with Patty Lapone, and he was her son. There were three kids, and I believe there were three kids, uh, and he was their son. And he was going to high school, and he was dealing with all of the examples of that. I thought he did a phenomenal job. I thought he was great as well. I thought that was a great representation. Again, higher functioning, able to do it, 
to go through that. You know, we seeing everybody as someone that can matriculate into a high school on a regular level, even with help and all that stuff. I thought that that show handled that very well. Um, and then I never watched the show, but from <laughs> those of you who know me, you'd be like, how did you never watch this show? But I never watched Glee. But from what I understand, there was a character on Glee who was also higher functioning and able to advocate for herself and all of that stuff. And from what I understand, she did a great job as well. So those would be on one level, I think were great. Now, what do I think is missing? I haven't seen very many examples of maybe places where you could put somebody who who is not able to advocate for themselves, who's in a situation where they have Down syndrome, but they also have the heart conditions or they have the stomach issues or they have some of the other issues that come with Down syndrome. And this is just from the science of it. You know, this is not a specific and I'm not saying that that we need to that one is better than the other. I think it's incredibly important to be hiring actors who are of special needs. I am 100% behind that. But I also think that if we're trying to represent what real life is like, now that we've made a, a way, we've pa- pa- paved a path of acceptance in this, I think, which I think is really important. And the idea that it's like, hey, we need to acknowledge that these people are not just going to get thrown into some institution, that we're really able to help and bring more awareness and more acceptance and advocate for more help and more support versus hey shove these people off into another room because we don't want to deal with them because they're pulling down our test scores or whatever I think it's really important that we have paved that way I also think it's really important to represent what's really going on so that's a percentage of the population so where's the other percentage where's the more difficult the more struggles the more you know, the harder days, we see some of that, but we don't really see it. And again, I don't have a child with Down syndrome, but I do have a child with autism. And that piece, you constantly see the representation of more verbal or uh, more what I would say when they before they split it, more Asperger's style. Or you see what I've said in the past, which is this avoidance where I put on my headphones and I'm afraid of all the noises and I don't want things to be so loud. And even to this day when I talk about Jackson and I express that really he doesn't have a lot of avoidance tendencies. Jackson's more of a seeker and he seeks out input constantly. If you look at him for long enough, you'll see that his eyes are constantly dilated. He looks like he is always on something because he's seeking input, seeking input, seeking input over and over and over again. So again, there's never going to be a perfect situation here. So going, let's jump back in. Now let's jump into representation of specifically autism, whether it be Asperger's or autism as an umbrella. Okay, so we have Julia from Sesame Street. Well, that's amazing for a lot of reasons. I think it's really important that they made a more a stable character who's going to be there on the regular, who's one of the Muppets, who can be a very good teacher for young kids so that they get exposed at, at the get-go. I like what they're doing with Julia. I love that they also made her a girl because girls are often underrepresented in the autism community because so for such a long time we just thought it was boys because the way that the the things would come up for boys – there was no real it, they couldn't explain the differences between how boys and girls 
would handle it. And I love that I'm, <laughs> I just went through this whole thing about there's no gender and the binary and the whole thing. And yet here I am giving a distinction between them. But the truth is that there is a different present presentation of symptoms as far as uh, autism goes. And I don't, I'm not saying one is better than, or, you know, not better. I'm not saying one is m anything more than the other, other than how they are presented. So Yes, we, I do believe that there's actually, their gender is a construct and all of that. But yet, when you're looking at presenting of symptoms, it does seem to separate into at least two categories. Generally, it probably separates into very many more. And as we know, autism is a spectrum. So there's a lot of different things there. But so I think Julie is a great example. Uh, I, I think that my, one of my other favorites is uh, Max from Parenthood. We're actually in the middle of, of watching Parenthood right now. And I'll, I'm going to come back to that one because I want to talk a little bit more specifically about that. The I, I also really like um, Atypical, which I believe was on Netflix. And it showed a boy who was in high school. I think he's graduating high school is the idea. He's in a senior year. Now he's a lot more verbal and a lot more able to advocate for his needs and wants. I don't know if he would be classified as Asperger's. Probably a lot of his issues are social, but he also is able to be in class and he used to have an aide and then he doesn't and he talks with his social worker. And I think about all of these pieces of it and I'm like, yeah, that's just that whole social worker piece that they bring in, which is really important, I think, is just not one that we're at right now. Like My kid can't ha hold a conversation. He can't talk to people back and forth like that he's verbal I mean if you talk he he will say I need this I want this I you know uh, over there is this but he's not having a back and forth conversation with you about anything you can ask him a yes and no question he'll probably give you an answer whether it's uh, you know the right answer or not he'll still give you an answer uh, so he understands the idea of turn taking and asking and and, and giving an answer but He's also not going to initiate a question for you unless it's something that he specifically needs or wants. He's not going to ask you about himself, about yourself. Or he's not going to ask you how your day is or he's not going to ask you to elaborate on something. Uh, it's just not where he is. And I hope he gets there because that would be really neat, but he's not. Uh, another uh, show that had a very, very tiny moment uh, weirdly enough, was the affair. There was this moment where one character goes to the door of another character's house and the door opens and this boy is standing there and he's wearing headphones. I immediately knew what was going on. He had a very flat affect of how he spoke and uh, the character who was talking to the child had no idea and did not know how to and was having a, an, his own issues a mental like breakdown if you will and basically started yelling at the kid and the kid started freaking out and it was this whole moment and then you realize what's going on well I realized immediately but other people probably caught on just like the character catches on and then it becomes this moment so it's a very brief moment I thought they handled it really well I thought it was a really good representation of what it's like but it was brief and uh it was really more of a tactic to show into the life of the person who lived in the house who was dealing with the character who came to the door rather than, oh, we're going to really show representing what it's like to be in this position. So there was that. Then interestingly, there was a an episode of House, and I, I'm almost positive that the character Max, 
I think his name is Burke Hoarder, I'm probably saying his name wrong, uh, who plays Max on Parenthood, was this the same actor who played in this episode of House. And I thought they handled that very well. Uh, he was a young boy and he had autism and he couldn't focus. And then they have this really beautiful moment where he does focus. It's just like a brief thing. And I thought that was pretty cool. On stage, they do, there's a great play that just recently came out that's based on a book. Uh, the Curious Case of the Dog in the Night time I think it is yes I'll have to look that up more directly but I'm pretty sure and uh other curious incident maybe I don't know uh the book was a lovely book to read this was way before I knew that Jackson I didn't I didn't have kids when I read it so I certainly didn't have Jackson to have that to check against but the play itself was beautifully done and uh, I think it's I think it's a really it's important play again it's a much higher functioning person and I'm using that term very specifically I don't like it but it is there's no better way to describe it somebody who is and when I say higher functioning I don't mean that internally they are functioning higher I mean the way that we as a society see them because as somebody once said to me and I thought this was really important that just because somebody seems higher functioning to us doesn't necessarily mean that's how they're feeling inside. And I may have said this before on the podcast, but I think it's important to note that just because it doesn't, just because we think that they're handling the world well doesn't mean that they internally are. You know, we tend to look at the people who are having a meltdown and we can see the meltdown doesn't mean that the meltdown isn't actually happening inside. And the work to, to keep it together is one thing. And also we tend to... Uh, for whatever reason, we as a society tend to believe that somebody who is verbal is higher functioning than somebody who is nonverbal, even though oftentimes nonverbal, uh, especially nonverbal autistics, have a much more breadth and depth of emotion and ability to express that. Once they learn how to write and read, it's like opens doors for them. So I, I don't think it's fair that we do this. It's just how society has decided and I would like to be a helpful advocate of changing that so I think the distinction is often whether somebody has Asperger's versus not but again now everything's under the umbrella of autism so it's hard to make those distinctions in this case I do believe that a lot of times it's much easier to hire actors who are on the more Asperger's side section because they can learn lines they can recite them Jackson if I put Jackson in a situation Jackson would be a great model probably he could probably learn how to say cheese and walk around and someone could take his picture but I couldn't get him to learn lines and then recite them now if it was a song and it was one he was interested in learning yeah, I could get him to, to, to recite that and you would have this beautiful song that he can sing which is amazing but he doesn't have the ability to take the language and then understand how to then have a dialogue back and forth and do that that just wouldn't be in his wheelhouse right now maybe in the future that'd be great but it's not where he is right now so I believe and and here's the thing about the curious incident is that they did hire uh, a person an autistic person to play the main role and there it's a very meaty role there's a lot in there there's a lot of lines there's a lot to do the person they hired was on the spectrum and I think it's beautiful that they did that and clearly that worked out if you see a show like The Good Doctor Freddie Highmore is not autistic. He doesn't have autism anywhere. So he's 
playing this role, which is, again, somebody who also has savantism, which we've talked about the fact that savantism is a very small percentage of people who are autistic, you know, and so it's not a common thing, but we tend to represent it as though it is which is unfortunate. Um, I mean, I understand that the idea is like, hey, look, these people are actually really special, so make sure. But it's also a disability. So, And I use that word very intentionally because if you talk to people who are autistic, there's this big divide. There's a 50% that want to say, yes, I have a disability and stop pretending like I don't. And then 50% who say, don't call it a, a disability. So there's this big, great divide because of that. And Again, I am not autistic. I am the mother of an autistic. So I try to tread lightly so that I am not misrepresenting the autism community in any way, shape, or form, but advocating as a mom of a child who cannot right now advocate for himself. And so I feel like I have to hedge my wording a lot. So understand that when I do that, I am trying never to be offensive in any way, shape, or form. I'm trying to show the representation the best way. Uh, but again, I'm coming from my side of things where I have to advocate for my child. Uh, and so the words that I may use may be incorrect if I were somebody who were autistic, but I am in no way trying to offend. So if I am, please tell me and I will fix it. Or I will at least have an explanation as to why. And that was a great example of that because disability is a very, it's a hot button issue in the autism community right now. It's a very, it's, it's tough to know which side to say. So that being said, uh, so Freddie Highmore himself does not have is not autistic he does not have autism but they did bring in an actor in one of the as a guest star who does and I thought that was a great you know using the platform to help that again as a mom of somebody who is pretty much moderately verbal you really only get the black and the white of showing the sides of the spectrum you really don't get the gray area you don't get to see a child like Jackson who generally has, you know, these strengths or this one thing that he's really good at or these three things that he's really good at, but doesn't really have the words to express them. And, you know, so you either have somebody who's completely nonverbal and doesn't say anything and, you know, has no real ability to express or, you know, or expresses in their own way or has this nonverbal savantism. Or you show this high-functioning person on this other level. So I think it it is a very it is a it's and again I think it's very hard. And in a film, for example, maybe you can show it in two hours. I think that's that's asking a lot. Uh, I think in a TV show, that's actually a little easier. Uh, and I just want to throw these two out before I go back to parenthood. But the two other places where I feel like they did a nice job of showing. Uh, special needs in a different capacity one was speechless which unfortunately I think has just been canceled uh that um Minnie Driver was the mom in that show and then the other one was in Breaking Bad with the the son who I believe had CP but cerebral palsy but I they never I don't know that they actually really ever talk about it and I loved that it was just this is day to day. This is life. Yes, there were challenges and struggles. And if you watch the show, there's moments where it does come into play. But like this is daily life for them. And it wasn't a 
I don't know, it wasn't that the show was all about that. It was just this is an, an element of the show and I really appreciated that and I thought that was great. So, okay, really quickly, Parenthood. So there's a character in Parenthood, if you haven't seen it, this isn't a spoiler. There's a character in Parenthood who starts to, who gets to know Max and then as an adult and he looks at himself and starts to think well hey am I maybe I'm also on the spectrum and goes into researching it and basically that the upshot was that it's a jump ball and that's actually the name of the episode jump ball and the deal is that it could go either way if you don't take the tests and you don't check it out and even if you did what is it going to help you at this point you've lived your life you're functioning in the way you're functioning you can just do a few more things to kind of help yourself in more of a cognitive behavioral way which again that's what's a lot of what we're teaching but at the same time like does it matter that you have that diagnosis is it going to help you now I don't know I don't know maybe maybe knowing is helpful maybe it maybe it's sort of like helps maybe it doesn't I don't know uh, but John and I talk about the fact that yes he has ADHD and that's been diagnosed and oftentimes autism and ADHD are on the same spectrum or they are a com comorbidity of each other and John does have elements that could very easily put him on the spectrum does it matter if he is I mean other than maybe there's a genetic component sure but like does it really matter I don't think so he's functioned moderately well <laughs> up to this point you know so I mean I guess I mean he, he's lived his life and there's strengths and stuff with that he has and I don't know I think it just depends it depends on where you land on that so uh yeah maybe maybe it's important I mean certainly the ADHD is important for us to know because clearly that's been passed down and in my on my side of the family too it's been passed down <laughs> This is we are a generation of ADHDers. I don't necessarily have it or I haven't been diagnosed, but it's, I mean, my whole family is, it's, it's, it's all over. So uh, it's, it's within there. But as far as the representation goes, uh, I think that Max is a great, is a really good example of doing a very good job of showing all the sides that in their case, they, they call it Asperger's, that Asperger's is is the struggles that they have, the perseverating on a certain subject. In his way, it's a verbal thing. He talks and talks and talks about the things he wants to talk about, and he has a very hard time relating to other people. He found one friend, and that's the one friend he's going to keep. He can't have more than one friend at a time. It's a very, really well done, and it all makes much more sense when I found out that Jason Kadams, who's the, I guess, the producer or the writer of the show, uh, he also has a son who has Asperger's. So it made a lot more sense to me when I learned that. So that was cool. And um, I was like, oh, he really does know his stuff. And the actor who plays Max, Max, who plays Max, does a phenomenal job. I just think that all around they do a really, a really good job in the show. Uh, and also presenting how the parents deal with it, that sometimes they don't know when to let go or when they need to give more space and sometimes they try to give space and then that backfires or there's you know traumas that they just can't fix or get you know to the bottom of or, or make better and I think those are those are the struggles that I know I deal with and you know beat myself up about sometimes and and try to handle and every day is a new adventure but I think that it's super important that we keep telling these stories and that we keep using art to 
represent life. So now that we've made these strides and we've been out there with these kids who are, or adults, you know, taking those pieces into account, I think it's really important now that we start doing more, more of the gray area. A little bit more gray would be nice for representation. So somebody needs to write it. I tell myself all the time, somebody needs to write these plays and these shows and these TV shows and get them produced so that we can talk about it. And do I think that somebody who is autistic could play an autistic? Yeah, I do. Does it have to be the right kind of situation? Yeah, absolutely. But I 100% would prefer that the more the more people that we have that need to be represented on stage or on, in film or on television playing the roles that are representing their what what is going on with them i think is better it's not always possible it's not always possible but it is better when it is so that's my story and i'm sticking to it all right this was wow we went i had a lot to say on this didn't i ha huh? Thanks for sticking with me and listening. And uh, I just wanted to say that I would love to hear your feedback on this. To me, it's important to me. And if I forgot, I know I did. I'm sure there's a hundred things I forgot. Please message me, post under this, because you know I'm going to post this on social media. Post under my post about this, you know, on Instagram or on Facebook. I'll even put it on Twitter if you want so that I know that you're listening and that if you come up with other shows or things that I haven't seen or I should watch, I would love to know what they are. I am, I find it really important. I didn't even touch on films. I think film there's other films out there and I maybe I'll make that a whole other episode because I think there's a whole host of things. But please find me at Ali Real to Real. That's Ali A-L-I. R-E-A-L-T-O-R-E-E-L. That's on Instagram or on Facebook. Uh, you can go ahead and just click that follow button. Follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on that page. That's a Facebook page. You can follow me there. And please engage with this conversation because I want to know what you think. Because if you think that I'm completely wackadoo and you think that the 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 things that I think are being well done are not, I want to know why. And it's And again, this is because you know, art is subjective. So if you think that they did a terrible job, I want to hear it. I want to know. And if you think that they did a great job, I'd love to hear something that you think is necessary or important for me to watch. I, again, I know I forgot stuff. So I'm so willing. And I know I need to go watch Glee. Those of you people, I know. I It's on my list. I will watch it. I promise. Please rate and review this podcast. I know that it's a pain, especially if you're listening to this in the car like I normally do uh, or on the go. But if you think of it, if it hits you at any point, please just run to iTunes. Just You don't even have to write a lot. Just say, yes, I recommend this. And click the five-star review And because the more it gets out there, the more people are going to hear it and the more that people that need it are going to find it. Because I know that had I been looking for this podcast when I first started our journey, it would have been hugely helpful uh, so please find that little itunes thing and rate and review us there um, you can also go to podbean actinguppodcast.com and you can you know, leave a review there if that's easier for you whatever works for you i'm in so that's it my friends ah let's take a deep breath okay all of us together and uh let's just take it one day at a time 
one minute at a time, sometimes one second at a time, and just hang in there, friends. We are all in this together.